So, Rachel. Yeah? The Enterprise battles a Romulan ship suspected of destroying outposts near the neutral zone. Similarities between them and Vulcans spark bigotry against Spock. Mm. So what do you think you're going to get here? I've heard of these Romulans, but I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're going to get wrinkly forehead type aliens at last. Mm. I imagine them looking like rugby players. They make <laughs> ale, don't they? I think that's all I know about them. <laughs> they do make ale. That's right. I don't know what the neutral zone or what these outposts are, but they don't sound very nice. <laughs> these Romulans. <laughs> Similarities to Vulcans, uh, using logic during battle to anticipate their next 10 moves a la 3D chess. Oh, maybe, yeah. Fearless, talking about their bodies all the time. Who knows? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck's always going on about his own physiology, isn't he? Oh, oh I see. <laughs> Not like a, a sexual awakening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe that's in season two. Woo! <laughs> Star Trek! The ceremony will be carried on all viewing screens, sir. Good. There's a call for you from the bridge. Kirk here. Still no answer from Earth outpost number two, Captain. And now number three's gone silent. Maintain course to outpost four. Keep you informed. Kirk out. That is the intro to the Star Trek episode, Balance of Terror. It opens with a celebration of love, which we always celebrate on this show, but (laughs) we are also celebrating Christmas! And nothing balances terror like Christmas. (laughs) And if you had that awful experience of receiving a present from someone you'd forgotten to buy one for and want to undo that mistake, Mm -hmm. you could head over to our first ever advertiser, (gasps) Clyde Dunsing III's new website, which features his t-shirt designs, nowherestreetwear.com, where you'll find lots of Lovecraftian designs, beautiful artwork, isn't it? And also funny, quirky shirts that'll appeal to geeks and nerds and sci-fi types and yes. people who like The Walking Dead and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, what were a few examples you got there? We've got a pug, Dracula, Pugula. We've got the evolution <laughs> of Lovecraftian monsters to Ooh. humans. Oh, nice, nice. We've got some other Lovecraftian shirts as well. A zombie-themed one. Oh, my What's gosh. A, yeah, check it out. They're so beautiful. These shirts are great. They're funny. They're interesting. And they say me. When I, feel, when I see those shirts, those are the type of t-shirts that I would wear. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to pick up some t-shirts at... NowhereStreetwear.com NowhereStreetwear.com Go check it out. You will not be disappointed. So uh, since it's Christmas time, I thought there might be a few Star Trek Christmas puns about. Captain's Yule Log? <laughs> Make it snow. I don't get it. But... I'm sure we... <laughs> I'm sure we can come up with loads of our own. Go on then. Vulcan, you ear what I ear. Kanuhura, what I hear. (laughs) This stuff writes itself. Rand, you hear what I hear. It seems to be just variations on that one song, but okay. I can go on like this all day. I'm sure you could. But let's get into the episode. The episode opens with Rand lighting candles on an altar. What? Rand is still here? Yeah, I think it's just that they shot these out of order. Hmm. It turns out that a wedding is about to happen. Kirk looks indulgent and Rand looks pissed off. (laughs) She does look pretty angry about things. I don't know why. 
Uh, before the ceremony starts, Kirk receives a message that Earth outposts two and three have disappeared, but he decides to proceed with the wedding. The bride enters on Scotty's arm, wearing her mustard uniform with a few white feathers in her hair. Man, what does it take to get these people out of uniform? <laughs> We've had the Christmas party, now a wedding. In the Navy, wouldn't they wear a dress uniform at least? Yes, yes Seems they would. like a missed opportunity for a morale boost and a bit of glamour. I agree. Pretty music plays and then Kirk begins the ceremony with Rand standing awkwardly and inexplicably behind him on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> then the klaxon sounds and Sulu announces a red alert. Outpost 4 is under attack. Everyone runs to battle stations. The wedding is put on hold and I can't wait for all this hubbub to die down so that these two crazy kids can finally get married. <laughs> Everything will work out just fine. <laughs> So the Enterprise investigates around the neutral zone between the Federation and the Romulan Empire. An unknown vessel is destroying Earth outposts and the Enterprise is there to find out who's doing it and to stop them if they're going to keep trying to blow up stuff. Spock covers the exposition by making it a broadcast to the whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> so the Romulan neutral zone is a big deal through most of Star Trek. The history of it is that the Romulans and Earth had a conflict. And I say Earth because this predates the forming of the Federation. Earth unites the Vulcans, the Andorians, and the Tellarites, and it was getting pretty peaceful in that region of space. Mm. And the Romulans saw this as a threat because they liked all of their enemies fighting against each other, so mm. they felt pretty secure about it. But now that they're all getting buddy-buddy, they're like, oh, problem. There were years of Romulans trying to incite war between their allies, but then in 2156, open warfare kicked in. And that was over 100 years ago from where we are now. Spock says that the tech they had at the time was primitive compared to what they have now. And they were using like atomic weapons. Ugh. So they never actually saw one another or had any prisoners. So they don't really know what the Romulans are like. They also had no visual communications back then either. And at the end of the war, after the Battle of Sharon, they made a treaty and declared the neutral zone, which is an area of space where neither of them could go. Mm. It's kind of a buffer between their two territories. Kirk tells the crew that they are allowed to defend themselves, but aggressive acts are prohibited for the sake of preserving the treaty. He says the Enterprise and the bases are expendable. Oof, that is hardcore. The outposts are on asteroids? How does that work? They don't have enough gravity, surely. Well, depending on the size of the asteroid, but uh, yeah, it would take a lot of gravity. Everything that has mass has a gravitational pull, but it needs to be pretty big before you can feel it. Mm -hmm. Plus, they have artificial gravity in Star Trek, so it doesn't really matter. Which pulls spaceships down towards something that doesn't have enough gravity? People. So the people can walk around on there and... Yeah, but what keeps the ship on the asteroid? Oh, they can just dock it. They don't even need gravity. They can just dock it on the side of the asteroid. Just tie it on. Well... <laughs> <laughs> in a matter of speaking yes yeah tie it on well they've got docking clamps mm. and they could engage those or they have maybe some kind of tractor beams that hold it in place i'm not exactly sure but docking clamps are usually the type of thing that i hear them say in science, okay. science fiction so it's the least of their worries it is the navigator lieutenant styles pipes up and seems to have it out for the romulans he says that no one knows what their ships look like but back in the day, supposedly, they had a, a bird of prey painted on its exterior. So it seems like Stiles' great-great-grandfather or some such was killed in the war. Long time to hold a grudge. <laughs> but I say that, and there's people here in Yorkshire that are still hung up on the, the War of the Roses. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's very controversial that my mum was from Lancashire. <laughs> and your dad's and from my Yorkshire. Dad's from yes. Yorkshire. <laughs> Stiles talks about his family history, our war. Yeah. Kurt schools him and he says... 
Their war, Mr. Styles, not yours. Hmm, how does that feel to an audience 22 years after World War II? A message that future generations should not continue old conflicts among nations, mm. or they shouldn't seek to take ownership of those conflicts. Well, the United States did rebuild Germany and Japan after the war, even though they did put military bases in both those countries and still have them to this day. But moving forward was very important to the U.S. back then. And, you know, even in the American Civil War, Lincoln made it clear that they had to put all their grudges behind them and move forward. So <laughs> that worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, I mean, there's lots of problems still. But. Mm. The newlyweds lament their broken off ceremony and she assures him that he won't escape her hooks that easily. She's back at her post controlling the weapons. What are they going to do with all the volivants, Chris? <laughs> and that magician isn't going anywhere till he's paid. No rain checks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Earth Outpost 2 and 3 are gone. They have a quick message from Outpost 4, but it's cut off. They arrive to find that it's all messed up, but still in one piece. And there's only one guy alive, Commander Hansen. He's covered in soot and it's burning in there from the blast, despite being a mile deep into the asteroid. Now, when I say they're there, they're actually not quite there. They're in transmission range, mm. which is relevant right now because uh, he says that the attackers use a powerful blast of energy and that they can't track the ship that was using this weapon. Uh, the Enterprise is, again, on its way, but not quite there. But the attacking ship shows up again, fires a blast and totally destroys the outpost, killing Commander Hansen. I'm loving how involved Uhura is in this episode. She just keeps giving information or receiving and carrying out orders. She seems to have a lot more lines and people are talking to her more than usual. But what is Spock doing back there pressing her buttons though? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not talking about her nipples. What? <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> suggesting that. I thought you meant like meta, like doing things to upset her, pushing her buttons. Oh no, he's back there fiddling around with her buttons, her control panel oh. at one point, chatting to Kirk. And she's right there. He's kind of leaning over her as she sits there, pushing well, her buttons. Maybe a little romance. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Spock tries to find the ship, but he can't. He thinks that they have some kind of invisibility shield. Cloaking device. <laughs> cloaking devices are a big thing in Star Trek. And oh. this is the first time that we get it. They don't even call it a cloaking device. They call it an invisibility shield. Spock can track the motion of this ship, but he can't get its exact location. The Romulan ship doesn't seem to be behaving defensively, so Kirk thinks that it might not be able to see them while cloaked. So that's kind of a, a hindrance of being cloaked, as they can't, their sensors aren't as good. Hmm. Which to me, it makes sense, because it's like if you are, you know, covering yourself up, you're making it harder for you to see. So any way hmm. that you would be able to get information in is a potential way for them to be able to detect. If I made myself invisible, you know, bending light around me, mm. I wouldn't be able to see because no light would be able to get to my eyes. I'd be right. totally blind. And if I made it so I could see, made little eye holes, then you might detect my eyes floating <laughs> around. Yeah, just a couple of little eye holes. You won't be able to see a couple of little eye holes. That'd be all right. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. So they're bending light around them? Yeah. They're using energy fields to, to bend yeah, light and other, you're probably radio waves and things like that. Uh, the ship is moving towards the Romulan neutral zone. Styles, hungry for blood, wants to attack them, but Kirk wants to follow them. He commands them to copy their moves and run parallel, mirror their moves, so that if the Romulans do have any sensors, that they might think that the Enterprise is an echo of their own ship. Hmm. I get the sense that Styles is going to go rogue. He suggests that there may be Romulan spies aboard. Sulu <laughs> agrees. <laughs> Kirk takes their concerns seriously and orders a security alert. Oh no, not the universe's worst security team. <laughs> Don't get them involved. <laughs> So Kirk makes it clear that they are not to go into the neutral zone because that would be an act of war. 
But isn't the Romulans blowing up bases an act of war? Well, they're not sure if it's actually the Romulans that are doing this. They don't know. They don't know if they are the Romulans or or they could be, you know, some other aliens that have some cloaking technology. And even if they are the Romulans, they could be maybe rogue Romulans. I think basically they just want room to negotiate later if they have to try and make another treaty. They want it to be clear that they were not in the wrong and they did not break the treaty. I guess. I don't know. Mm, If they're rogue, they could almost be the equivalent of terrorists, I guess, acting independently. Right, yeah. I mean, this is kind of some complicated political stuff that is fairly nuanced, and I'm not an expert on war or politics. Oh, no, no, we ain't. uh, And I'll just assume that the writers of this script are. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) We're just a couple of people watching it once and talking to you guys about it. (laughs) They managed to hack into the Romulans' webcam, and what? Is their captain a Vulcan? The others are wearing weird gold helmets, so I can't see their ears or eyebrows. But the character has the characteristic ears, eyebrows and hairdo of the Vulcans. The Enterprise crew spend ages looking back and forth between the screen and Spock. (laughs) Styles is fuming. Dramatic music. Yeah, all the bridge seems quite shocked. But Styles is being a total ass to Spock, implying that Spock is a traitor or a spy. Kirk tells Styles to leave his bigotry in his quarters. There's no room for it on the bridge. Yeah, really stuck up for Spock there. Yeah. But what will he do with his bigotry in his quarters, though? (laughs) (laughs) Has he not done his diversity E module? (laughs) The Romulan costumes are great. A thick, chunky, almost herringbone fabric with cerise or cobalt scarves over one shoulder. I don't get the helmets, though. Something they had lying around from an Outer Limits episode and wanted to recycle? Aha, uh-huh. I looked this one up. They were designed to hide the actor's ears and eyebrows so they didn't have to do prosthetics for them all. What? Those helmets were easier to make than ears. Well, yeah, because the prosthetics take a lot of application time. Mm. To make them takes time, and then apply them takes time. Yeah. Slapping on a helmet. Well, they looked really weird. <laughs> they, did look, <laughs> they looked like some weird anachronistic football helmets or something. Yeah, like an old rugby helmet. They have special chest salutes too. (laughs) No one goes around saluting Kirk, do they? No, I think the Starfleet salute is a cheeky wink. (laughs) Yeah, and a dragged out knowing look. (laughs) (laughs) Now we go over to the Romulan bridge and we get to hear what's going on with them. They've noticed that the Enterprise is following them and the captain of the ship uh, talks to the guy he calls the Centurion, who seems to be another officer or an advisor. Um, I got confused with centaurs and thought that the camera might pan down to reveal horse legs. (laughs) (laughs) Another dream shattered. (laughs) Oh, man, that would have been a really good episode. (laughs) They talk about the ethics of what they're doing, testing the Federation and risking war. A Romulan officer, Decius, reports in and the captain chews him out for sending a message back to Romulus. They were supposed to keep radio silence. This guy was bragging to his home world that they were rocking the Federation. The captain reduces Decius by two ranks and dismisses him. The Centurion warns the captain that Decius has powerful friends that could make the captain's life problematic. The captain expresses his disapproval of the whole mission, but he has his duty and will do what's asked of him. He even finds himself wishing for destruction before they return. Mm -hmm. Something Kirk did in the menagerie. He can't follow his own morality and instincts or his fears. Although he's the captain, he has to obey a higher order. Does Kirk have more autonomy than that, do you think? Hmm. In certain respects, he might, but this guy had a specific mission 
to do. So if I think if the Admiralty of Starfleet said, go out and do the specific thing, I don't think he would have much wiggle room. But right now he's just kind of out in space exploring and doing his own thing. So I think he's pretty much in charge of his destiny yeah. at that point. I mean, no one really knows what they're out there for or what the heck is going on. <laughs> but we know that they definitely had to kill Spock if it turned out that you know, in the menagerie. Oh, right, right. So there was no wiggle room there, supposedly. Supposedly. So the bridge crew meet in the conference room, and Spock brings in a piece of metal, cast rhodinium, the hardest substance in the Federation, and he just crushes it in his hand. And Ooh. I was, and I, at first I was thinking, Spock has superpowers? <laughs> but no, something the Romulan weapon did to the metal makes it brittle. Scott says that the Romulan ship doesn't have warp and is only going on impulse engines. Styles says that the Enterprise has to attack. The Romulans have not only gone into the neutral zone, they've gone into Federation space, and they've attacked bases. They broke the treaty. Mm. Styles claims that if they get away with this, the Romulans will come back with all their ships for war. McCoy reminds us that millions of lives are at stake. Styles also wants to know why Spock mm. never said that the Romulans and Vulcans were so similar. Instead of getting defensive, Spock agrees with Styles. He says if the Romulans are an offshoot of the Vulcans who have not learned to control their emotions, they will be aggressive and hostile. Letting them go will only show weakness and embolden them to attack again. Kirk thinks it over and then gives the order to battle stations. Spock and Kirk have both demonstrated their cool-headedness and non-defensiveness in a crisis. Mm. Kirk has called this think tank to gather opinions and is genuinely open to opinions that differ from his. He doesn't let his ego derail him. Yeah, man. I've... I kind of had this idea of who Kirk was, but the more I'm watching the show, he's really awesome. Hmm. He's really cool. So there's this comet, and the Romulans are moving towards the comet's tail to totally mask their movements. Hmm. Kirk anticipates this, and he moves to the other side. The ship is cloaked, but it will leave a trail in the comet's tail, and the trail will be visible. So that's how they're going to blast them. Good thinking. The Romulan captain, however, figures it out, and he doubles back into the comet and then gets the jump on the Enterprise. Mm. Both Kirk and the Romulan talk about how badass the other captain is. <laughs> he did what I would have done. I won't underestimate him again, is what Kirk says. Mm. Since the Enterprise now knows kind of where their ship is, they fire in the general area and manage to get a hit. The Centurion pushes the Romulan captain out of the way and gets crushed by a falling foam rafter. <laughs> the captain spends a while pretending it's heavy as he lifts it off him. Have you ever tried to mime that something's heavy? Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. And it does look really fake. Also, when the Romulans are hit, all this dirt and grit drop from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Why do they have dirt and grit on the ceiling of a spaceship? Or why have they plastered it? <laughs> All this firing has burned out the Enterprise's circuits and the weapons don't work. Uh, Spock beats out the electrical fire with his bare hands yeah. <laughs> and feverishly tries to fix it. Rand comes in and gets to say half a sentence before Kirk stops her. <laughs> then the Romulans fire their primary weapon. Oh no! Kirk orders full backwards, but they can't outrun it. Fortunately, as it travels, it dissipates. But will it dissipate fast enough not to blow up the Enterprise? So mm. there's this really tense moment where the Enterprise is moving and it just keeps getting closer and closer and closer. Rand comes up behind Kirk and they embrace in the suspense. Finally, it hits, rocks the ship, but the damage is only minor and some of the crew get some radiation burns. The phases are fixed and Kirk orders another attack. The Romulans are going to make it to the neutral zone. Kirk decides to follow them in. The Romulan commander thinks they're in trouble, so he has a plan. He stops his ship and has all the debris shot out into space, including the body of the Centurion. Mm. This will make it look like they were destroyed. Yeah, that's an old submarine warfare trick. This mm. whole episode is based on a 1957 movie called The Enemy Below. 
Oh. The Enterprise is playing the part of a U.S. destroyer, and the Bird of Prey is being the German submarine. Huh. So now the Romulans sit and wait for the Enterprise to leave. But since there wasn't enough wreckage, Spock is like, oh, I know, this is a ploy. There's just not enough mass to be a whole ship here. They're trying to trick us. The Enterprise goes dark to make them think that their trick worked. So they shut down all their lights and everybody's whispering, mm. which is total submarine stuff. Because <laughs> Why do they have to whisper? Well, because in submarines, the sonar technology was so good that you could actually hear people talking. Oh, wow. From other ships because you know, sound transfers really well uh, in water over great distances. So they were doing a bit of that on mm. this, even though it doesn't make any sense because it's, <laughs> it's a Pretty far away yeah. and <laughs> presume there's some pretty intense uh, material between them and space. Well, uh, and a complete vacuum. So that it's not, <laughs> oh, yeah. no sound is going to transfer in a vacuum. So they're both waiting. Nine hours and 47 minutes go by. Kirk is in his quarters reflecting. Rand comes in and sees if he needs anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> but no, just coffee. <laughs> On the bridge. Boo. As she leaves, McCoy comes in. Kirk tells him he wishes he was on a cruise ship holiday with no responsibilities and not too much dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk asks McCoy, what if I'm wrong? McCoy puts his hand on his shoulder and says, Something I seldom say to a customer, Jim. In this galaxy, there's a mathematical probability of three million Earth-type planets. And in all of the universe, three million million galaxies like this. And in all of that, and perhaps more, only one of each of us. Don't destroy the one named Kirk. An anti-suicide speech? An inspiring one? Well, yeah, I think he's just telling him to be careful and don't take any unnecessary risks. Hmm. On the bridge, Spock accidentally turns on a scanner and the Romulans hear it. How? Maybe it sends <laughs> off a radio wave and they pick it up with their sensors. I don't know. Mm. The captain knows the Enterprise hasn't taken the bait and he calls Kirk a sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk decides, okay, the jig's up. Let's get on this. He fires the area where he thinks the Romulan ship is. The Romulans are hit again. The Romulan captain this time orders the debris trick a second time, but with the latter bonus, a nuclear warhead. Ah! Spock detects it almost too late, but they pull the ship away and the bomb goes off. Uhura does an awesome pose against the wall, arms up, when it gets hit. <laughs> <laughs> it damages the Enterprise, but not too badly. This gives Kirk an idea to play dead. The Romulan captain says, glorious! <laughs> okay, let's go home. But that jerky Decius says it's their duty to destroy the Enterprise. No witnesses. Scott tells Kirk that phasers still work. And Kirk sends Stiles down to help Tomlinson, who's the guy that's going to be getting married. So they're both in the phaser room, getting mm. ready to work those weapons. Uhura gets brought up front to navigate slash push some different buttons. Yeah. Kirk is hoping that the Romulans will want to finish them off and they'll have to decloak to fire their weapon and the kapow. Ah. The Romulan captain doesn't want to attack, but Decius again keeps pressuring him and he decides to do it. Kirk wouldn't cave to pressure like that, would he? No way. Spock is down in the phaser room. Styles throws some racist comments at Spock and then Spock just kind of shrugs and leaves. Just then, the phaser coolant leaks. There's pink smoke everywhere. Styles and Tomlinson pass out. Spock hears the call to fire phasers and nothing's happening, so he runs back, fires the phasers, and he saves Styles. The Romulan ship is defeated. Kirk finally visually communicates with the Romulan captain and he tells them that they'll beam the survivors over to their ship. But the captain of the Romulan ship says, no, that's not our way. Hmm. I regret we met in this way. 
You and I are of a kind. In a different reality, I could have called you friend. Wow, what do you think? Could they have been friends? The Romulan is different, more Vulcan than the others, maybe? Well, I think he feels that Kirk and him are of the same cloth. You know, mm. they're both captains. They both have a lot of responsibility. And remember, mm. he didn't really want to do this. He was ordered to do this. Yeah, and they both shared that real weight of responsibility of millions of lives. Yeah. And bonded in a way, though yeah. adversaries, over that. Yeah, it's poignant, I thought. Mm. The Romulan captain says they are creatures of duty. I have one more duty, and then self-destructs the ship. Styles is in sick bay, and Spock and Kirk are checking on him. Styles is humbled that Spock risked his life to save him, even after he was being such an ass. <laughs> but Tomlinson, the groom, didn't make it. Oh, no wedding. No. Kirk's sense of duty now that the danger is over is to comfort Angela, his bride. He finds her in the chapel. So Kirk says, it never makes any sense. We both have to know that there was a reason. She says she'll be fine, and then Kirk walks off in deep reflection. What? In what way will she be fine? That's all the comfort she gets. The end credits show him walking the corridors, looking serious. The weight of responsibility he was holding for millions of lives, and they only lost one person. Hmm. So what do you think of this episode? Uh, entertainment, I give it an eight. It's rock solid, a classic for a reason. Very suspenseful, interesting, maybe a bit of a ripoff, but mm. still great. I could tell that it was a quality episode and I can see why it would be many people's favorite, but I didn't necessarily feel entertained <sighs> and I was left feeling uncertain, I guess. Uncertain? What do you mean? It's hard for me to keep up with what the heck this show is. I can't wrap my head around it. It's like every episode is a mashup of Star Trek and a different show or play. <sighs> The core characters don't even act consistently all of the time. There's often just so much complexity jumping out that I feel overwhelmed. Yeah, I could see that. Concepts. Interesting how they made space submarines. I thought that was kind of a cool idea. Mm. But nothing that made me look at my world in a different way. I think it was just kind of an interesting story. War sucks. Maybe that was one of the themes they're trying to communicate. And it, war makes people do things they wouldn't normally do. Yeah, like the captain. It was a wordy conceptual episode for me. And I was introduced to the Romulans for the first time with all of that complexity, which made it tricky for me to keep up whilst writing the notes along with it. Mm -hmm. I fear I missed connecting with it because of that. I could tell it was well-written, well-acted. I could tell it was a well-written, well-acted episode, which offered a comparison between two races, captains, examined prejudice resulting from war and involved complex strategy. So I felt like I was trying to understand it too hard. Mm. Running to catch up with it instead of being along for the ride or getting involved with the characters. So I'm not sure what to give it as a result of that. So why don't I find the time to watch episodes like this twice? Once fully engaging with it and another time writing notes. We should do that. Let's do that. Let's make that change. Yeah. Okay. I just... You don't want to watch an episode <laughs> of Star Trek twice? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's part of my duty. It is part of your duty, mm. just like the Romulan captain. <laughs> yeah. For sexiness... A bit of Rand Kirk tension there, mm. but also a dead fiance, so kind of a wash. <laughs> a wash. <laughs> One. <laughs> well, Uhura in action and getting to navigate makes it a five for me. Yeah. And there was almost something sensual between Kirk and the other captain. Oh, my. Or maybe I just liked his outfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever mm. it takes. So we have our comment show at the end of the month that will be coming up next week. Please go to rachelwatchesstartrek.com, Facebook, or Patreon and let us know what you think, what we've missed, or if we got something wrong, whatever. Just communicate with us. 
give us content to put in our comment show. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget, if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, head over to Patreon and check all that out. And don't forget to go to NowhereStreetWear.com and check out Clyde's t-shirts. They are amazing. I love them. You will too. Get in there. And also, if you're celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Yule, Saturnalia, or just plain old solstice, we hope you have a merry winterval. Yes. Watches Star Trek. I've got some more, Chris. Okay. Soon it will be Christmas Day. Can you frontier what I uh, hear? Same song. Tron, you hear what I hear? <laughs> That's my favorite. Merry That's Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas.